0: Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to CoastToCoastAM.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Well, and you're right. The UFO community has gotten pretty darn sophisticated over the last several years, hasn't it?
1: Um, The information is starting to spread, maybe not as wide as we would like uh, in terms of numbers, but the people that are into this stuff have educated themselves a lot. And um, when when I do a lecture, I like to take a, a hands of uh, people that have studied what I'm studying, and more and more hands are going up. So um, that's really encouraging, I think, because when I started lecturing, I had very few people that were listening. Um, and another example, I talked to an old friend, Jordan Maxwell, a long time ago, and he oh, said... Sure. Uh, He said, yeah, friend of the show, right? Yep. And he said that uh, he had an FBI friend to tell him that if more people paid attention to him, he'd be a threat. But because not really many people were listening, he wasn't really seen as a threat. So, um, but I think that number is growing. I think the powers that be, whatever those powers may be, we can discuss that. Um, I think they're worried about the opposition, which would be us, I would say. And um, they're, they're having to get more desperate with their actions. And, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into politics here, of course, but um, there is definitely, a, I would say, a battle between good and evil, just to simplify it.
0: I think so, too. And, Brett, what got you involved in this in the first place? How did that happen? <clears throat>
1: well, I had always been interested in UFOs, and I think my it was my early— my parents took me to see Chariots of the Gods when I was just a little boy at the movie theater, and I think that had a lasting impact. And um, I used to watch Star Trek the yep. original Star Trek with my dad on the couch. Oh, that's great. And you never so, forget yeah, that. Really good memories associated with my dad with Captain <laughs> Kirk. You know? um, but then, you know, in search of with Leonard Nimoy, I was into all the early cartoons that were kind of paranormal and fantasy stuff. Uh, and then um, I had a buddy that I graduated with at Chico State University I played soccer with. He left for his hometown of Goleta near Santa Barbara, which is uh, close to Vandenberg Air Force Base. And so he got his old job back as a civilian draftsman on the, on the base, but he was not enlisted. But during that time, uh, long story short, a friend with higher security clearance came to him and slipped him a little piece of paper with this um, file uh, name. And he went to this file name and he printed out this 30-page document that I've since called the packet. And he, t- he was so excited when he called me on the phone about this packet that I planned a trip down to see relatives and swung back up and saw my buddy, and showed me this packet. It turned out to be a pre- behold the pale horse affidavit by William Milton Cooper, Bill Cooper, the late great Bill Cooper. That's right. And so and so, here I am, fascinated by all this stuff my whole life, and this document drops in in my my lap, talking about who really Jesus was and who really killed Kennedy and who the grays were and how they needed our DNA to help their DNA so that their species didn't die. And a lot of the themes that I would later learn are common in ufology. Um, And so on the way home, a couple nights later, I was stopping, you know, I was in Santa Barbara, say then I was Santa Cruz and Pleasanton working my way back to Chico. I pulled over to go to the bathroom on this uh, remote uh, place on Highway 505, and I saw what I thought was a UFO, my first one ever. And so let's just say that experience that night let me know firsthand that the movies or the TV shows I was seeing were not lying and that these things were real. So that's that's where that started. That was about, oh ninety four 94 or 5, right in there. I was in college still, and I remember thinking, oh, hey, that's one of those UFOs. And then the next second I was like, oh, my God, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, And I read a Whitley (laughs) Streeper book or two by that time, and I was like, well, I don't want to be abducted. So I got in my car and drove up, you know, just got out of there. So it's just kind of funny looking back. But, um, you know, I think if you go to enough UFO expos, someone's going to walk up to you and say, you know, you're not in ufology for no reason. Right. And uh, or I've seen you on a ship or I've seen you floating in a tube of liquid with tubes coming out your mouth or. You know, do you have a clone or something like that? So I don't know really what to make of all that. Um, you know, I was sitting on a panel once at a UFO event in Sacramento, and a woman just out of the blue in asking a question said, well, that guy's a hybrid. And I was like, well, really? I am? <laughs> um, so New- News
0: to you, right? News
1: to me. Who knows, right? Maybe I'm like Sam Worthington's character in Terminator Salvation.
0: Maybe. That's right.
1: Right? don't know that I'm a robot, right, because of the programming. So, Whatever the case is, I think it's one of the most fascinating subjects that we could study, and I think um, I don't know if it's the linchpin of, of all the subjects, but it's definitely connected into consciousness in a variety of ways, and um, and we need to know more about it to know more about ourselves.
0: It sure fueled this show and its origination uh, many years ago with Art Bell, Brett. That's uh, right. I mean, uh, because I I remember when I took over the program full-time in 2003, and uh, I would say, hey, I'm going to be doing coast-to-coast, people would just automatically say, oh, that's that UFO show. And uh, that's what they got. it. I have heard several possibilities of where the UFOs may come from. One is, of course, the inner Earth. The other is uh, other dimensions. Another is uh, outside the multiverses. Other universes, and then I hear, of course, other planetary systems within our own universe as well. Which one do you uh, do you think could be the most palatable?
1: You know, I think uh, you can add to that two projections from your own mind, as say Carl Jung, okay, would, uh, be a proponent of, or maybe Jacques Vallee. Um, I honestly, I think all of the above. I think it depends on the situation. I think uh, there are some things as uh, hallucinations or those altered states of mind where uh, interdimensional beings can enter through that kind of a doorway into one's mind. Um, I do think that there's hard nuts and bolts craft uh, that uh, I don't know how far away they can come from. Physicists seem to debate uh, about propulsion systems and how far is really far and, and the ability to do that and what that would take, um, but I think that's what interdimensionality is, right? You just uh, can switch in through a doorway, as portrayed in umpteen number of Hollywood movies. Um, I just saw Jupiter Ascending. They had a, the the little wolf guy, super soldier, had this little gadget where he'd stick it on a wall, and it would just open up a circle, and he could
0: walk <laughs> to walks right through to go, it. Right? Yeah.
1: So um, I'm not sure about all that stuff. I, I tend to lean more towards uh, that UFOs are of a spiritual nature, whether either they're Uh, hard ships, like, say, from the Billy Meyer case, still some of the best photographs ever Mm -hmm. taken, I think, Um, or whether or not they're like from a Jacques Vallée kind of a scenario where they're projections from our own mind or interdimensionals that uh, interact with us only on certain levels. So um, whatever they tend to be, I think um, you could go crazy trying to debate it and you'd you'd lose sleep. But uh, I think whatever they may be, they are drawn to us, let's say, through the Law of Attraction. Humanity is spiritually bereft in mass, and, and we drew this to us to help us teach us about ourselves and where we need to go, both individually and as a species.
0: There are some, like Dr. David Jacobs, who believes that extraterrestrials are not benevolent at all, uh, that the, some of them could be evil, demonic, uh, God, I hate to think that, but it's possible, isn't it?
1: I'm definitely open to that. I, I've, uh, you know, I was baptized Roman Catholic, and my my family didn't really practice; they weren't very devout. We didn't go to church, and of course, I'd I'd grow up and learn about what we're all what it's mainstream now—the pedophilia that's rampant within the church. I knew about that for years. South Park did an episode on it like 15 years ago. So, I mean, this stuff has been known for a long time. Um, and so I kind of turned away from the church, right? Well, it's been a, a series of really dark abduction cases that I've, I've investigated where it's this crossover into demonology, right? Or evil or dark reptilian kind of energy. Um, I, one uh, girlfriend had claw marks. Um, she's been bruised. Uh, um, Jeez. Scoop marks, stuff like this. Yeah. Or they'll come back just traumatized. Um, And so, you know, in an effort to try to stop this, uh, I think Andrew Fell's book, I forget what it's titled offhand, about uh, how to stop UFO abductions is probably one of the best out there, but nothing seemed to work for my friend. And then I heard about uh, Joe Jordan out of Florida, who was a former MUFON guy who was chronicling testimonies of UFO abductees where they would shout out the name of Jesus, and the UFO abduction would stop instantly. And so when I first started looking into Joe Jordan's work, there was like 100 people. I think there's well over 200 now, and the number's rising. And um, wow, I mean, for a rational, Western-minded journalist to run into this kind of information, what do I do with that? Do I just discard it because it doesn't fit into a rational kind of a view
0: Um, It it doesn't fit, but it's bizarre, and I think you need to just uh, recognize that there's a possibility there.
1: You have to stay open to it, right? Yep. Um, the, the, The counter view of this phenomena from ufology is that it's a lower astral entity, or there's certain ETs or aliens that are of a lower vibration, still higher than us, but they block us from getting to the higher realms because they're in this astral realm that's right above us. And because they're in this little position of power, let's say above us, even though interdimensionally there's no above or below, let's say, but they use that position to to influence us, whatever their agenda is. Um, honestly, I don't really see a difference between that and a demon. Once you look into what a demon is, and, and I'm not saying I actually know, but demons, one of those kind of things, like a UFO. You can describe it in any number of ways, and I think the only really way you can describe it is to say all the above. Right. And so, so kind of like with the UFO, it may be a waste of time, although fascinating, to try to figure out exactly what it is. But more importantly, you've got to realize why is it there? Why did you draw it to you, and how do you deal with it? I think that's more important.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.